Due to some subject matter in this episode, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the It Was a Thing on TV podcast, episode 18, submission 145, first night 2013. It aired on KDOC television in Los Angeles and KQCA TV in Sacramento on December 31st, 2012. This is the It Was a Thing on TV podcast, alongside Mike Klaus and Greg Diener. My name is Chico Alexander, and it is the end of the year, and of course we have a very special year-end celebration, which we're going to go to right afterwards on here. Because this, this what we're about to talk about right now is... It, 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 it's special, but perhaps not in the way you're thinking of. No. It it's was... definitely special. Yeah, so, uh, so th- there's got to be a story about why J.B. Kennedy of all, well, first of all, I should, I should mention that we're all in our refined tuxes because, A, it's New Year's Eve, and B... We're gathered today to mourn the death of Jamie Kennedy's career. He had one? Oh, that happened a long time before 2012. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that happened after he did Son of the Mask. Ah, that's true. Well, let me tell you the story about First Night 2013 with Jamie Kennedy. So, obviously, we know Jamie Kennedy. He was a famous actor slash comedian well he was famous he did some acting he was was popular for like a week or two for the jamie kennedy experiment yeah this was back when the wb back when the cw was the wb and there was no such thing as the arrowverse so yeah maybe maybe this will be featured in Maybe this will be like a warning thing in uh, the next part of Crisis on Infinite Herbs. Oh, boy. Well, well, Jamie Kennedy suggested the idea of hosting a New Year's special on L.A. station KDOC-TV in November 2012 while watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade with a friend from the station. Following Thanksgiving, he quickly used the final weeks of the year to attract sponsors and guests for the program, such as the restaurant chain Carl's Jr., which served as the primary sponsor. In planning the special, Kennedy was influenced by the style of Jerry Lewis's MDA telephone, promising a broadcast which would be fun and spontaneous, and leave viewers guessing what would happen next. He intended First Night to be an anti-New Year's Eve show with an informal block party atmosphere held at what he considered to be Hollywood's apex of craziness, Hollywood Boulevard in front of Grumman's Chinese theater. And there's absolutely no way you could tell that Carl's Jr. was a primary sponsor of this. None whatsoever. Oh, no. This is well, like idiocracy. <clears throat> this is like idiocracy, the joke of Carl's Jr. come to life in this special. Yeah. Yeah, I think I counted eight Carl's Jr. ads in the broadcast. Plus, the star mascot was sort of essentially like the the falling crystal ball, except it didn't really fall. They just sort of zoomed in on it at midnight. But also, uh, one of the uh, 
uh, of Hugh Hefner's um, girls, let's say, she was eating one of their turkey jalapeno burgers, which was the big thing they were advertising, and in, a, in, in, a, in a very provocative way. I know it was meant to be provocative, but I looked at it and I just thought to myself, this just seems wrong. Well, there's so much about this that was just wrong. But, yeah, I, I, there were a ton of Carl's Jr. ads. And how many times did we see the, the Pepsi ad with Drew Brees and One Direction? I think that was at least four or five times. Yeah, I, I want to say three times with the Drew Brees ending and one time with the One Direction ending. And if I could just say so, Drew Brees and Harry Styles fighting over a Pepsi is peak 2010s. Hey, guys, I got a question. If Drew Brees and One Direction recorded a gold album together, do you think Drew Brees would get a certificate for reaching gold status? No. That's a joke, because Drew Brees got a certificate when he broke the passing yards record a year ago. You mean a week ago? No, that's the touchdown record. Oh, my mistake. I got my records all mixed up. So, yeah, the show itself. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. Um, we'll go in chronological order. That might be the best way of doing it. Uh, Jamie started off with his own monologue, a, a set of about six minutes worth of jokes. And I don't think I heard a single laugh. I mean, even Jay Leno at his worst could get a single laugh. Jamie Kennedy got awkward silence. Well, that's because Jay Leno has a warm-up guy who is infinitely funnier than he is. Well, I I think, you know, Roadkill is infinitely funnier than Jay Leno. I like to remind everybody, Jay Leno is the reason why Gabrielle Union was fired from America's Got Talent. Oh, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to add that to the FAQ, won't I? Yes, you will. <laughs> yeah, Jay Leno is the reason Gabrielle Union got fired from America's Got Talent. Well, so, Jamie Ken- well, Jamie Kennedy opens with some very 2012 jokes, jokes about the 99% Mitt Romney and the 47% tape. Yeah, guys, remember back in the day where a Republican candidate for president would say a gaffe and he'd actually get in trouble for it. Yeah, you mean the time before 2016? Yes. Okay, I remember it. Yeah, there was life before and, 2016, folks. And and of course the last percentage, the 8% score of Jamie Kennedy's last film on Rotten Tomatoes. Which is 8% too high. Um give me a second. I want to see what this film is. Well, I guarantee you Armand White loved the hell out of that movie Jamie Kennedy did. Another very 2012 joke. Yep, all of our jokes are old this week. Sorry. There's also a joke he makes about Psy regarding how the packaging of a fortune cookie would no longer be the only thing people think about when they hear the words Asian rapper. Oh, boy. Yeah. And, and again, Psy is so 2012. Yep. And then we, then you know you're getting trouble when the special is starts to begin to get played with technical problems throughout the night, such as a ca- camera shot of Jamie Kennedy lingering on stage, being shown at the beginning of an interview 
with Shane Elizabeth by the co-host Stu Stone. Who? Stu Stone. All I can find on him is he's one of Jamie Kennedy's friends. Now, uh, now, one of the, the other co-hosts Jamie Kennedy had was a lady by the name of Jesse Cruikshank, which Jamie Kennedy co-hosted future installments. Oh, sit. There's just so many D-list celebrities on this special, even D-list for 2012. Where, where's my dad to comment about this? Oh, boy. He's busy trying to get the uh, slow boat rides installed at City Field. <laughs> yeah, it, there just was not much going on. Even the interviews were boring. Uh, we'll get to my favorite a little bit later. Well, but, hold up, because we got to mention, who is Jesse Krushank interviewing in the in uh, her first segment? Drake, nine-time Kids' Choice winner, Drake Bell. Who goes on to play Timmy Turner in a live-action version of the Fairly Odd Parents? Yep. Which means that uh, Butch Hartman now is in the first night 2013 universe. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Don't go dragging the good name of Butch Hartman into us. Oh, oh by the way, the last film that Jamie Kennedy did that... That before last film Jamie Kennedy did before First Night 2013 that had a tomato meter score, Tyler Perry's Good Deeds, which is certified 34% fresh. Are you implying that Jamie Kennedy did other movies that didn't register a Bratton Tomatoes score? Correct. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh but, if they, but if they did, it probably would be close to the 8% he was looking for. Oh, my. And now we get to a segment with Stu Stone interviewing professional wrestler Adam Pierce playing poker. Now, Adam Pierce is probably a name that you do not know, per se, but he was a professional wrestler on the show on KDOC TV called Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. I'll go into in-depth on that later on in one particular segment, but he was um, a wrestler that would be familiar to most of the audience that would be watching KDOC and is now actually currently a producer with the WWE on their NXT show on USA Network. Right. And now we get into mentioned first segment uh plugging the commerce <laughs> casino in los angeles now you guys have been to this casino uh, yes we have it's a really good casino i love the commerce casino it's great atmosphere great tables lots of lots of action you know if you're if you're in los angeles that's the place to go that and the bike and, and, and good friend jo, uh, joe van ginkle works there oh yeah yes. him too and, and, and interestingly enough, special shout out to my uh, partner on another podcast, Gordon Pepper. Oh, no. No, I don't even say. Just get it out of your system. Okay. okay. So so we're at the Commerce Casino. This is about Gordon, 15. Mind you, this is about 15 years this ago. About, this is about 15 years ago. Gordon Pepper, Mike, and myself, we're at the Commerce Casino. Among and we're at among, among, others. among others. And we were at the uh, Pi Gow tables, 
and he just kept hitting hand after hand after hand, and everybody at the table was hitting hand after hand after hand, and this little old, little old lovely Asian lady turns to Gordon and says, you're going to be my lucky white boy. <laughs> oh, was, it, You know what? It is still the funniest thing to come out of the Commerce Casino because, well, Jamie Kennedy, he no funny. And, and well, it was well, such a spur of the I, moment. Hold... It was so hilarious. It oh, was. My, yeah, and all of us were laughing. Chico, me, I think the only one who wasn't was Gordon because I think he was in shock he got that nickname. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he stuck with that for life, but he's embraced it. Yeah. Well, I also want to mention the Commerce Casino, of course, would be used to great fame four years later when David Lynch used it for Twin Peaks The Return as the Silver Mustang Casino, which, of course, whenever you think of that casino, always think of First Night 2013 with Jamie Kennedy and the time Dougie Jones hit 30 mega jackpots at the casino and helped Myrtle from Superstore win a mega jackpot. What year is it? But, well, I, I can say it's certainly not 20, 2012 or 2013, but, uh So, in this sketch here, we have, like, Jamie Kennedy trying to pitch, like, a mascot for the casino. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And, and we have a segment where, in the commercial, where I, I guess he he, like, interrupts somebody while he's in the bathroom. Oh, God. Yes, and yes. I, guess, and, and I, um, guess, I don't know what it's implying. Is it implying that he's going to do a Larry Craig on the guy in the bathroom? Jeez, oh, oh. Larry Craig. Good night. Anyway. But, but, the, but the person he's pitching the uh, idea, I guess the guy, the casino owner, is a guy by the name of David Marquez. Now, David Marquez is not somebody who you, you Mike, or you know, but professional wrestling fans would know as the producer and interviewer on the show on KDOC that I mentioned, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. And now David Marquez is currently the interviewer for the YouTube show NWA Power, which airs every Tuesday on YouTube and Facebook Live. And, of course, produced by Billy Corgan. Yeah, Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins now has a wrestling show on YouTube. Wow. It's like the 90s came back and just hit the hit me in the face with it. Yes. Yeah, th this just wasn't funny just because of all the situations he pops up in. And also it gets a little racist at some points. It gets incredibly racist at some point. Okay, maybe um, I, maybe I underestimated uh, the racism factor, but I and that's like a common theme throughout this whole uh, this whole special is just like ODing on like racism, blatant racism. Uh, th there's one scene where this mascot goes to a table. I want to say it was probably Gao or Baccarat or, or something like that. And he says something in Korean to a table full of Asian players. And one of the uh, this players was, this says, was during the heist sketch. Yeah. And uh, one, one of the players says, 
uh, we're, we don't speak Asian. We're from uh, Sherman Oaks. It's like, again, just another baffling thing. Uh, oh, it gets worse, though. It gets worse. So much worse. And now we get to the next part of the show, which is Jesse Cruikshank interviewing Olympic gold medalist Don Harper. And I believe, Chico, you have some information on Don Harper. Uh, yeah, I believe I do. Uh, she won uh, Olympic gold in London and Olympic silver in Beijing. And I believe she was just wearing all of those uh, medals while she was in the interview with Jesse. And I'm looking at, again, Truth by Consensus Wikipedia. And yeah, gold in Beijing and silver in London. And she woke, and she swears she woke up. She woke up with those medals draped around her neck. And now we get into another skit where Jamie's doing like long jump and track and field, and it's terrible. Yeah. Uh. So he was on site, on location, with Allison Felix, another Olympic medalist, and they're talking about her regimen and. Uh, the preparation for uh, participating in the Olympics or athletic events. Uh, but this also included one of the few times that I actually laughed throughout this entire special. Uh, Allison Felix originally said to him, aren't you Andy Dick? No, 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 no. Uh, oh, you're Tom Green. No, 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 no. Oh, you're Seth Green and... And he makes an offhand comment. Uh, if I was Seth Green, I'd be as tall as my male body part. Let's uh, just say that. Yeah. Oh. And, and that and that was the funniest thing. Just her, one of the two funniest things in this was her saying that about him. And he, you know, he was just like goofing around. Uh, he was wearing really short shorts, which. Uh, left a little to the imagination, but it was just, again, something that was really not funny. And it's just, again, uncomfortable to say the least. And then actually he tried giving her uh, some of his awards because he did win like a blockbuster award back in, I think 2007 or eight. And he tried giving that to her and, Oh, well they don't make these anymore because blockbuster awards were, were dead. And then he actually tried giving her a flask, which was a promotional gift for some TV series that either he did or he uh, partnered up with. It's just, again, stupid, 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 stupid. So you're trying to tell me, Mike, that there's a possibility we might have OSIT flasks? No, it wasn't OSIT. I can tell you that. It, It wasn't OSIT. But, you know, if you wanted hey, to watch it, you need a drink out of a flask. Well, hold up. Do you think Do you think it, one of those Jamie Kennedy flasks was what the old man from Mystery Diners was drinking? <laughs> so now we go back. We go back to Stu, who's talking about something right behind the Carl's Jr. mascot. Because why not? Because why not? So so after uh, this interview by uh, Stu with the 
Carl's Jr. mascot behind him. It, it, it was it was thrown to Bridget Marquardt, who was inside a a, uh, a nightclub of some sort. And this is one of those things that left all of us a little uncomfortable. After a commercial break, you had uh, Jamie Crookshank backstage at this club with Bridget, and she had her eat a Carl's Jr. turkey jalapeno burger, which is what they were pushing. And she yeah, had- because there was a Carl's Jr. food truck as well. Oh, there's Carl's Jr. everywhere. And so she had to eat the sandwich in as provocative of a way as possible. Not unlike the, the TV ads you would have seen around that time with the, 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 the female washing the car and getting all soapy and eating a Carl's Jr. burger. And the best part is Jesse saying after Bridget eats the burger, I'm a vegetarian and I'm very aroused. <laughs> I bet you are. Well, good for you. And then the best part is she's Jesse is trying to cut it back to Jamie. And then you can clearly see Stu Stone on camera like, uh, uh. It's like, um, it's actually me, Stu Stone, not Jamie. Yeah. And that was thrown to another skit. It was a yeah, skit can- that took part at the Laugh Factory, which is... Kind of ironic because Jamie Kennedy doesn't produce laughs. Did either of you see that and have anything to add about that? I I did skip over this. Well, no, because I was too distracted by that kid wearing the Angry Birds hat to even watch it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's it's 2012. So, yeah, everybody had Angry Birds gear. Yeah, I could have. I I couldn't follow. As far as I know, it was just a thing at the Laugh Factory and. Yeah, But then really, and I think this is almost like the surreal part of the night. This is a New Year's Eve gathering, a festive, you know, supposedly fun time. Just let's say it is for all intents and purposes. And then it goes back to Stu. And who is Stu interviewing? This very beautiful, buxom lady named Anna Rosales. So what do you think? Stu and Anna Rosales are going to talk about 2013. You know, what what are you drinking tonight? How are you celebrating? No. They talked about California's green initiatives. Yeah, they talked about energy efficiency in your house. Is that not like the perfect topic you want to talk about on New Year's Eve? Hey, we're having fun partying, listening to music, dancing, drinking. Do you want to talk about the the green initiative as to how we can cut down the bills in our household energy usage? I think, well, I think that was I think that had something to do with uh, going hand in hand with uh, you know sponsors and stuff. Uh, yeah, there were some ads for some uh, some green stuff in there, it, but it just seems so out of place. I mean, I know I get it with all the advertising for Carl's Jr. and the other advertising, but. Again, you're putting in basically a PSA, a public service announcement about how to lower your heating bills in your house. What does that have to do with New Year's Eve? Nada. Nada. And the best part about this is that woman in the background mocking Stu Stone, lip syncing to every dumb thing he says. 
Yes. Oh, that that that's that's the great takeaway. Uh, not, to, yeah. not just this totally off-topic conversation about uh, greenhouse efficiency, but there's a person behind Stu's uh, right-hand shoulder, and she's just mocking everything he says. As oh, if he totally does, and he totally doesn't notice it. Oh yeah, he's totally oblivious to all this. And then we get to our first musical guest. Oh, boy. That's one way of saying it. Macy Gray. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, you mind if I just cut to the chase here? Cut to the chase, please. She didn't wait wait till midnight to break up with the bubbly, I don't think. Oh, no. She she was getting imbibed beforehand. To quote Joe Namath, she was struggling. (laughs) <laughs> yep. she, yeah to say the least this actually took us right to just about midnight yes yeah Macy Gray was still on the stage till just about 11.59 but then like of all the reasons that you're there they screwed up the biggest one You're you're there to celebrate midnight so how do they screw up? They started the countdown, 15-second countdown, at 11.59 and 55 seconds. Whoops. So when they hit zero, it was already midnight, 10 seconds after midnight. The one job. You had one job. Uh, <laughs> I got. I got one question. Do you think... Tom Poston was distracting David Marquez in the control room. Oh, jeez. What? What, David? Wait, what do you mean, David? We're, we're, well, the countdown's coming. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, go, go to the countdown. Oh, my gosh. Oh, heavens. Yeah, so Macy Gray had to stop her performance halfway in because it was so close to midnight, A, and B, she was just, she was just gone. G O N gone. G O N gone. Okay, that must be that North Carolina spelling. Go Tar Heels. I I don't even I don't even know what she was singing, but she sort of ended the set with an acapella rendition of "I Try," which. She didn't. <laughs> she didn't. Like I said, let's say, made Mariah, Mariah Carey's New Year's performances in the past look like a masterclass. Okay, so after the botched countdown, we have Stu Stone interviewing a bunch of the festive people in the crowd, and we go into our best segment of the show. Mike, do you want to take it from here? If I have to. Go ahead, so, Mike. so, so, um, so Stu was interviewing again, just ra- uh, random people, or we'd assume random people, uh, celebrating. And he goes to this guy who looks like he's probably in his early 20s and says, What's your name? And the, the kid says, Kid in a relative sense, says, My name's Taylor M. Effing, and that's all I heard. And whoa, 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 we can't say that. Whoa, whoa. And, and then. Uh, Stu turns around to the uh, the person on his right hand side and says, "And what's your name?" And this woman, who 
doesn't look much older than him. Uh, we're talking about the, the Taylor who said, you know, Taylor MFing, whatever. She says, I'm his mother. <laughs> oh, so now, proud. So very but, proud. Well, I doubt, well, the thing is, if you look at her, I really doubt he's her mother. I mean, maybe older sister, but I, I really don't think uh, – uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think she was his mother. Uh, regardless, that was just great comedic timing. And and who and are you? I'm get... his mother. <laughs> oh, boy. And then we get into a Tate message from Chris Angel congratulating Jamie on a very happy New Year, which makes sense because, in my opinion, Iron Special is a mind freak. Get it? That's a pun because yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it. We got it. And now we get into the second musical group of the night bone thugs in harmony the pride of cleveland indeed yeah mike is yeah mike this is your people here they actually are from the suburb that i lived in the little suburb so i, I don't necessarily know them but they're 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 from my hood if you will oh you so you doubt so you so you doubt for their cause then i i know about bone thugs I did. I did. And we have more. Uh, we have more uh, f bombs during their musical segment. Whoever was on the five second delay was very asleep at the re- wheel. But I mean, we already said Tom Poston already botched the countdown, so it's not surprising. Oh, Tom Poston was the censor person. <laughs> oh, well, God, I, I missed it. it. I oh, I'm sorry, word. I missed it again. <laughs> well, then after that, after Bone Thugs and Harmony did their bit and there were some more ads, oh, we no. get to maybe the most offensive skit of the night. Okay. So... And, and, and just from the outset, it is offensive. Yeah. We have, just the first frame of the skit is offensive. Yeah. All you need to know is. Jamie Kennedy in, I guess you could call it, red face. In a boardroom. And a a typical Indian headdress. In a boardroom filled with like-minded comedians? Also in red face. And the, the sort of ironic part is they're not portraying Native Americans they're portraying per se. Mayans. They're portraying Mayans because if you remember, who are also who are also natives. Yeah, well, yeah, but but not in the American sense. Uh, but, but if you remember 2012, the Mayans, the end of their calendar was uh, December 21st of 2012, and so the world's gonna end then. Tell you what, Mike. After watching this skit, I wish the world had ended 10 days earlier. Yeah, this this was bad. So what the whole premise of the skit was is Jamie Kennedy was a Mayan leader and he wanted to regain his, I don't want to say territory, but his, his money. And the way he did it was by playing in a poker tournament. Where was the poker tournament, Mike? Oh, would you believe it was at the Commerce Casino? No! <laughs> I am shocked. I'm oh, that's shocked. also one other thing we should add. 
is after each of these skits was an ad for the L.A. Poker Classic at the Commerce Casino. So it's just like one. It isn't comedy. It's three giant long ads for the poker tournament, the L.A. Poker Classic, at the Commerce Casino. At Carl's Jr. Yeah, I mean, this this is like a a 90-minute or two-hour-long infomercial for Carl's Jr. and the Commerce Casino. And the Carter Foundation, which still operates. But I will add one thing. There was one great line in that skit. What was it? Since you asked, here it is. Maybe we should just go back to predictions. Does anyone have any? Anyone? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, prediction coming. I predict that comedian Jamie Kennedy will never work again after this skit. That was great. Jamie Kennedy will never work again after this skit. And almost true to life, he didn't work again. (laughs) Or not necessarily didn't work again. But yeah, you haven't heard from him in years. Well, unless unless you're a fan of Funny You Should Ask, in which case, well, he was on the... uh, he was on the funny you should ask with uh, a whole lot of, of other, I guess, what Byron Allen considers comedians. So, and, and since we we're talking about funny you should ask, hey Tim, hey Adam, hey Jay Keith. You know, guys, I don't understand why Jamie Kennedy as a Mayan wanted to get his money back in a poker game. He should have just found Dougie Jones so he could hit the mega jackpots. <laughs> Dougie Jones is going around like. Oh, 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 Ducky Jones, can you show me where I can get the money back for wasting my money on the end of the world? Call for help. Oh, boy. And now we get another Happy New Year interstitial from Mario Andretti, which makes sense because after watching this special, I want to do 100 miles an hour and crash into a wall and die. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. You know, in the spirit of this episode, bleep that. Believe that. Oh, that's that's horrible. That is horrible, and you should be ashamed of yourself, Greg. After that, we went back to Bridget Marquardt, and there was some sort of like sky dancer who came through the ceiling, and I didn't get that. Uh, it it was supposed to be some sort of. Vegas-style aerialist show bringing down the booze for New Year's. It was pretty cool-looking, but didn't really do much. All she did was hang on hang on uh, those ribbons, and she just <laughs> hung on ribbons and held a bottle of champagne. That's it. So after Bridget Marquardt uh, was in the, the theater or uh, the nightclub with that aerialist, Stu Stone interviewed Busy Bone from Bone Thugs and Harmony. Nothing really crazy happened there. Just a little promotion for their new record. And what are you going to do for the new year? Oh, health, wealth, and happiness, and love, and stuff like that. Which is understandable. Which is very, yes. Because we all need a little love. <laughs> health, wealth, and happiness. That's all I ask for. We need a little Busy Bone in our life. Yes, we do. After the commercial, there were holiday wishes or New Year's wishes from Tony Hawk. But then 
we get another PSA thrown in the middle of this celebration. Right, Chico? Uh, yeah, it's for the Garda Heart Foundation, which is doing great things to, uh, still doing great things to sort of advocate for heart health in the Southern California community. Although, like the whole Green Initiatives thing, just seems out of place. But then again, their name was on the uh, step and repeat, so I'm guessing they too did a little bit of a sponsor hit, so there you go. So to review, Carl's Jr., the Commerce Casino, and the Garda Heart Foundation. And don't forget Pepsi with Drew Brees and and One Direction. And Pepsi with Drew Brees and One Direction. That is peak 2010s. Yes. Peak early 2010s. The band that followed the... uh, the, the PSA for the uh, Heart Foundation was TTK, whoever they are. And then after that... We have a third skit for the Commerce Casino in the LA Poker Classic. What? Another skit? Another one? Yeah, but this one was sort of like Ocean's Eleven. Wouldn't you agree, Greg? Yes, it's like Jamie and Stu, and I think they're trying to get into the break into the poker tournament because and of course they are yeah and then there's a third there's a third member of their entourage i don't know what her name is so i'm just gonna call her M- tits mcgee because <laughs> look at her anyway he I'm said, like, hey god guys he said it not me so don't yeah that's me. all on chico and of course this was another advertisement for the la poker classic January 15th to March 3rd, 2013, at the Commerce Casino. Get your tickets now. Yeah, so they went back to TTK, so, and and look, they weren't even introduced. They just started playing music. So a- after TTK finished playing their set, Greg, there's a message from whom? Well, we got a New Year's wish from Soldier Boy. Because remember, remember Soldier Boy? Yeah, he was a thing for a minute. Yeah, a thing for a hot minute. Apparently, he was still around in late 2012, early 2013, and he wishes us a happy new year. Well, Soldier Boy, in about five or six years, you're going to be selling crappy Chinese bootleg game consoles. So, that you have that. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know that, Chico, that he sold crappy Chinese bootleg game consoles? <laughs> I did not know that. That was like the big hot thing on gaming YouTube like a year or two ago. I did not know that. Oh my god, yeah. He was selling them on like, what the heck, AliExpress or whatever. Oh boy. Well, Yeah, like Alibaba or something like that? Yeah. Uh, now, that, now it makes sense. Anyway. Well, now, we get, now we get to the part, Mike... Where when I first showed you this special, you said this is as far as I got. No, no, no. What happened is when uh, you first showed me this, I just like fast forwarded to near the end, and I happened upon this, and the timing was very awkward to say the least. It's a skit with Jamie Kennedy and some of Jim Henson's puppet creations, not not Muppets, but. Some of the puppet creations that you'll uh, you've seen, 
over the last, say, 10 to 15 years in shows like Late Night Liars, Future Induction, and That Puppet Game Show, Future Induction, and No, You Shut Up. Guess what? Future Induction. Future Induction. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, and, and I recognize some of these creatures immediately. It looks like the weasels and uh, one of the characters in this. If you remember the weasel from Late Night Liars. I do remember the weasel from Late Night Liars. Uh, and then also another puppet that, that was featured in this skit was, and this is her description from No You Shut Up. She is a lesbian leopard, or at least was on, on No You Shut Up. Uh, she was all over Jamie in that sketch. Yeah, well, um, not saying a word. And then there was a goat which showed up in both No You Shut Up and also that puppet game show. So this segment with all these Jim Henson puppets and, and Jamie Kennedy was about the topic of the inappropriate topic of rape. Well, where was Todd Aiken when you needed him? Oh God, that's so, that joke was sold. It's an antique. Well, it was 2012, so it was very timely at the time. Uh, yeah. So, as I was saying, I had the unfortunate luck while fast-forwarding through this to land uh, at the precise point where one of the puppets offers to give oral sex to Jamie Kennedy. Oh, God. That blows. No! Fine! That was horrible. That was horrible. But, yeah, this... this... I'm groaning, and I just did a Todd Aiken joke like 30 seconds ago. <laughs> Chico, would you like to add your own nasty joke right now? I will uh, plead. I'll plead the fifth. And you'll drink the fifth, too. I'll plead the fifth of Jack on this. Thankfully, this is the last skit. Before we get to the grand ending... There's one more thing that Greg wants to add, which really wasn't in the video we saw. It was sort of in a supplemental video, sort of like the the stuff that really shouldn't have made it to air, but did. And Greg, if if you'd like to speak about that. Yeah, near the end of the special, Jamie Kennedy interviews a pair of African-American women on stage. One of the women on stage claimed that her New Year's resolution was to get rid of all my haters, quote unquote and quipped to one of them going white instead of black would keep her according to Jamie Kennedy and I don't want to don't want to say that keep her V very tight uh, and then Jamie, keep and her then Jamie keep her cooter very tight yeah and then Jamie Kennedy and the V is not bleeped by the way and Jamie Kennedy's on stage going bleep that bleep that jumping up and down I'm sorry Jamie but once again Tom Poston is asleep at the wheel Oh, jeez. Well, they had a skit celebrating uh, the decades, eight, what's that, 1890s, 1920s, 1950s, and the 1990s, and compared to everything else, it was, it was late, it was lame by comparison. It was, it was very, uh, very tame by comparison, I should say. Not lame, tame. Yeah, to the rest of the show. That's probably the least offensive thing on the night. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and then after that skit, we had the the closing thanks. Uh, everybody was on stage <laughs> that apparently had something to do with this. And it, it was sort of reminiscent of what you'd see on Saturday Night Live, where you'd have the guest host and the musical guest and the cast and any special guests that were there, and they'd all be hugging and like celebrating and and you know thanking the audience in the the closing credits. Except the big difference here is there must have been probably forty to fifty people on stage for really a stage that looks like it was built for no more than about ten people. So given that there was a lack of room, uh, tempers flared up, you know, because people were pushing and shoving. And we went to the end credits with a full-out brawl. What says New Year's besides fist fighting? This almost seems like an appropriate ending, given how much of a mess this was. Oh, but it's not, you see, because I want to say it was a, a day or two after Stu Stone goes on the air with Stryker of the world-famous K-Rock, K-R-O-Q, in Los Angeles. And he actually goes on to defend this piece of crap. Well, it's very interesting how this came to light. Uh, Following the broadcast, the footage was posted uh, on YouTube, and the person who really made it viral, of all things, Uh was... Comedian extraordinaire Patton Oswalt. Who is incredibly funny, by the way. Exactly. I, I mean, he is superbly hilarious. He's done some great movies. Uh, one that he did, oh, I think it's been at least 10, 12 years ago at this point, which I think is one of his best performances, is in a movie called Big Fan. I remember that movie. It's a good yes. movie. Oh, it's a very good movie, and he did a real good job in it. So uh, Pat Oswalt found this footage, uh, posted it on Twitter. It went viral quickly, and a number of uh, media outlets and blogs picked it up. Uh, from a critical perspective, uh, the AV Club's Nathan uh, Rabin, uh, who actually called the special the Jamie Kennedy falling apart at the seams New Year's Eve 2013 spectacular, which is not untrue. That's a, definitely a good alternative title. Uh, supported Kenny's assertion that First Night was an antithesis to other similar specials, suggesting that if Dick Clark is the trusted authority figure who made sure everything went swimmingly, Kennedy is more like the creepy uncle whose idea of discipline and order is making the 15-year-olds he hangs out with promise they'll get good and drunk before playing with the illegal fireworks he bought them. Seems about right. Yeah. And then uh, Raven also criticized Kennedy's open monologue for potentially being anti-comedy or just bad material. Again, I didn't hear a single laugh, so that shows how funny it was or, or lack of. They, and they were and laughing on the inside, Mike. I was not laughing, period. I wasn't laughing. I was like, let me just get to the end of this. Yeah, it was painful. Uh, and uh, also, uh, Jamie Kennedy's confrontational attitude towards the audience throughout the show. And Jessie Crookshank was critiqued for her over-the-top recognition of Drake Bell's nine Kids' Choice Awards. Nine Kids' Choice Awards. 
Did, did hey. you know that Drake Bell has nine Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards? <laughs> I didn't know. Hey, it's a very prestigious award, Mike. It, it's prestigious in the, the preteen set. I get it. How many times do you get an award that's shaped like a blimp? How many awards can you think of? Not many. Maybe there's a Goodyear blimp prize. I don't know. Maybe this special should get a blimp award. The Oh, the Humanity Award. (laughs) I wonder what Drake Bell's doing now. Just like everybody on this, we haven't heard from him since 2013. Uh, But also the interviews with Don Harper and Bridget Marquardt, uh, he felt were clearly a setup for a plug for Carl's Jr. No, really? With uh, Bridget Marquardt holding on to that burger? You think that was a plug for for Carl Jr.? I'm shocked. Hang on, guys. Did we ever talk about the interview that Stu Stone did with Shannon I don't think we did. No, yeah, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, we have this awkward... We had this awkward thing, like, near the beginning of the show where... Like where they cut to Stu Stone interviewing Shannon Elizabeth while Jamie Kennedy is like still in the shot, just like on the stage doing like I don't know, he's like futzing around or something. But yeah, it's like so, somebody some... clearly forgot their cue. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, going back to Tom Post and running the board. <laughs> Yeah, th- this was just like full of just technical mishaps and and vulgarities which got by the censors and surely the FCC heard about it. Thankfully, it was only shown on two stations. Uh, but also, again, uh, the um, the the again the critic, uh, Mr. Rabin of the AV Club. Uh, mentioned uh, Jamie Kennedy, uh, his uh, casino sketch, specifically the one that was quote-unquote racist in its grotesque minstrelsy of Native American culture and not funny, which we all said it was more offensive than anything else. None of this was really funny. Uh, He also felt that Macy Gray's performance was shambling yet strangely majestic, speculating that she and the rest of the production staff may have been drunk. Again, no. Shocker. Wow. And felt that the performance by Bonestug and Harmony would have been uh, a muddy, dispiriting dirge, even without a backing track. Uh, Raven did praise the special for its unexpectedly surreal nature. Okay, if you want to call that praiseworthy, sure. Considering it the least professional and most entertaining New Year's Eve broadcast I have ever seen. Uh, in a later article in December 2013, the AV Club named Jamie Kennedy as one of eight pretenders to Dick Clark's New Year's Eve throne, remarking that in comparison to the other seven personalities listed, few hosts, though, have matched Jamie Kennedy's spectacular failure on the Orange County station KDOC last year and concluded that as Auld Lang Syne played over on ABC, Kennedy reminded the world that some old acquaintances really should be forgot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was well. You could tell it was hurried from the the get go because, as we mentioned at the beginning, Jamie Kennedy got this idea from watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. So that means he would have had five weeks, give or take, to get this set up. 
yeah, five, maybe five and a half weeks. So it's not like he had six months or a year to prepare like, say, ABC would with Dick Clark's New Year's Eve or CNN with what uh, Anderson Cooper and, and Kathy Griffin do or Fox with uh, with Steve Harvey. This was really just like thrown together at the last minute, very haphazardly. And uh-huh. it, it really showed. It, uh, this is... <sighs> It's basically A, friends of Jamie Kennedy, and B, who can we get at the last possible uh, second? Yeah, who's available on New Year's Eve that was still available on December 10th? And really, that's what it seems like. Okay, let's find any celebrities we can. And as I said, like everybody on this show was already like a D-list celebrity in 2012. Well, yeah, you also have the wrestling personalities that were on KDOC in Adam Pierce and David Marquez. So, in Chico's point, it, it was basically let's get anybody we could find and put them on this special. Yeah, it was haphazardly thrown together. And uh, it just looked highly unprofessional. I mean, n- not just from the constant technical mistakes and the vulgarities that got out over the air. But, I mean, the one job you had to do was the countdown, and you flubbed that up. You flubbed the countdown. Oh, how, how, of all things, a New Year's Eve special is all about the countdown. How do you mess that up? Well, there's a reason why they don't give the West Coast New Year's Eve specials. Well, guys, what do you think? First night, 2013, with Jamie Kennedy. It was certainly a thing on TV. It was a certain thing on certain TVs in California at the very least, but thank, thank you, Internet. Thank you, YouTube, for, for letting everybody see how bad this is. Speaking of bad, <laughs> we're going to throw in here a little sneak preview of what to expect for 2020. Enjoy this little musical rendition. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. You are not. It stinks. But I will give you the complete lowdown during my exclusive hotline report tonight at 1-900-909-9900. That's 1-900-909-9900. Join the party, the fast and easy way. Hear what's scamming from New York to L.A. Call now. No, ladies and gentlemen, your eyes are not playing tricks. That is a $10,000 prize.
shot on some sitcom? <laughs> and of course, I shall be right here, awaiting your return. Before Christmas, Tom, would be helpful. <laughs> what do I have to do? Put it in the slot. Look at this. Oh, I'm the one, you mean. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. You're the one. Oh, oh Tom. I don't know how to play the game. You're the one. Tom, Tom Poston takes off. I was out there speculating on various ones. Yeah. I got a whole bunch of things. You know, here, Tom, I... you have such a goofy look on your face. It looked as if you were thinking, and all of a sudden yeah, you're sitting there doing nothing. Low. You're in a coma. So, yeah, that's a preview of what to expect in 2020. Oh, my. Yep. Guys, it's the end of the first year. Well, okay, three months we've been doing this, but still, it's the end of the first calendar year we've been working on this. And I, I think you can tell from the clip that uh, the best stuff is coming up later in 2020. Depending on your definition of best, of course. You, your mileage may vary, absolutely. Yes, so, so, as always, uh, you can find us at www.itwasathingontv.com. You can find past episodes there. You can find all our social media. You can find our email address if you'd like to contact us. And we've asked you to like and subscribe in the past. We appreciate you liking and subscribing. We'd also like you to rate us on the different services, on iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher. Give us a rating and be honest. I mean, we'd love to see, you know, five out of five ratings. But if you don't like us, please let us know. Yeah, so we can go into your homes and say, why'd you give us a one-star rating? Was it because <laughs> was it because you were such a big fan of the Star Wars holiday special that you had to give us that one-star rating? That person was the person who liked zippers. Thank you, uh. Greg. So until the new year... Next week, we'll have two new episodes, and they're going to be very timely episodes, or at least one of them is going to be very... Well, they're both timely episodes, uh, given some occurrences that are happening that week. We won't spoil what's going to happen, but um, they're going to be fun episodes. Not, not that the other episodes we don't have done aren't that fun, but please listen. Again, like, subscribe, give us feedback, ratings... Yeah, you know, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your pastor from Greg and from Chico and from me, Mike. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here for the first roughly three months of the podcast. We will see you with absolutely great topics starting in 2020. Thank you for your patronage. 
please have a very safe and happy beginning to the 2020s, and we'll catch you next time. And folks, Uber is your friend. If you've had too many, absolutely. If you're if you got as drunk as any participant in First Night 2013, please find an Uber, find a designated driver. We want you to be here. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year and enjoy your Carl's Jr. Now I want Hardee's. I was just pausing for the requisite playing of of dogs barking old lang syne. I don't know. Chico, you ask and I provide. Thank you.